it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 549 for June 2nd, 2018, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchotts. We are back with Programming by Stealth 55 of X. Hi, Bart. Hi, Allison. Yay. I'm having so much fun with my recipe. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, actually, I just noticed you put an emoji in your title, and it's really cool. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yes, I did. Look, I made olive oil popcorn, and there's a popcorn thing there. Yeah, I'm liking it a lot. I'm also getting to learn about popcorn. So, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, you said this was all an elaborate ruse to uh, to get new recipes. It kind of is, yeah. I like cooking. I had great fun cooking. I did, um, what did I do? Spiced roast beetroot today. Wow. You really are finding new vegetables. I yeah, well, beetroot is great food. because the boiled beetroot keeps for like three months. So I would just always have some in the house. And then the one I had is about a week away from being three months old. So I was like, I'll do something with the beetroot. Wow. I didn't even know that was food. <laughs> oh, it's great stuff. It, it, be careful. Cause whatever it touches is going to be red, whether you wanted it to be red or not. But it's delicious. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Programming by Stealth. Episode 55. Gosh. Yay. So... Let's position ourselves in the bigger narrative before we dive in. So we are well into bootstrap now. Um, it's a f- how many four-legged stool, isn't it? It is a four-legged <laughs> stool. And we are on leg number two, or starting on leg number two in this installment. So basically there is the bootstrap utilities, and we've done our first pass through those in the previous two installments. Then there's what we're going to talk about today, which is the first half of the bootstrap content and that's Bootstrap's documentation's word for styling normal HTML elements. So paragraphs, headers, tables, images, figures, lists. The normal standard built-in stuff that comes with JavaScript. So that's what is yeah. called content in Bootstrap speak. And then the next leg on the stool that we'll be jumping over to the installment after next, because this is going to take us two installments to get through uh, the content, the next one, then, is the really, really powerful one, which is the layout, where we get to use Bootstrap to make, you know, multiple columns that all behave really, really well mm-hmm. and responsive design so that when you resize the browser, it goes from being like a three-column layout to a two-column layout to a one-column layout. All of that really, really cool modern stuff that just makes everyone go, ooh, and he's like, yeah, it was about <laughs> five characters of Bootstrap. Nice. Um, and then the final leg in the stool is the really fun stuff where the Bootstrap guys basically created some commonly used non-standard things to use in your website. So pop-up dialog boxes, collapsible sections, dismissible sections, uh, what do you call those, carousel contraptions, all those kind of oh, things that yeah, are common. Yeah. So they're basically pre-made useful pieces of you know content. Well, not content, useful, useful tools for building a website out of um and so that's the fourth leg of the stool so at that stage then i'll have shown you the coolest stuff of bootstrap so that, that's where we are in the big picture cool excellent is this so helping be- you to learn it better it is actually because as i say i have a fair bit of experience with bootstrap 3 but in bootstrap 3 they had actually they had a lot more uh custom components and what they've done is they've collapse them into fewer components with more options. Oh, okay. Which is actually much easier on the brain. Oh, really? Because <laughs> it's not as many things you remember like a category and then spread out within there instead of having to remember 300 things? Yeah, so you'd expand the... In, in Bootstrap 3, you'd expand the component bit of the documentation and then go a scrolling. <laughs> it's like, you know, was that, an, was that an alert or was that a card? Or was that... An, now it's just much easier. There's just much fewer sections in there because they've just made the things that they have left more powerful. And I think that's definitely a better way to go. Okay. Anyway, so lots of lots and lots of fun stuff to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, before we get stuck into new stuff, though, we should have a look at our homework. Um, so the challenge at the end of the last installment was to continue to improve our recipe and to do so by applying the stuff we had learned in the previous installment, basically. Um, so the first thing we learned about last time was the ability to use Bootstrap utility classes to control uh, whether something displays as a block, an inline block, inline, etc. 
And so everything by default has a way of displaying. So paragraphs are blocks, headings are blocks, spans are inline, strong is inline, an image is inline block, etc. So they all ha- every ta- every HTML tag has its default. And 99% of the time, that's perfectly fine. But not always. You don't always want your header to be a full width, takes a whole line to itself contraption. In fact, your homework demonstrates that perfectly by having an extremely eye-catching inline header on your warning. Mm-hmm. Can, can I make a confession? By all means. So, uh, to, to, to explain to the audience what we're talking about, my recipe is for popcorn made with olive oil. And popcorn uh, olive oil has a very low flashpoint, meaning it can catch on fire. So you have to be very careful with it. So before he taught us about how to change the inline block to, to block level and back and forth, um, I had this giant red banner going all the way across. And I really didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be little and then have the words right after it. And it, in changing that from being a block level to being inline block, was the first time I actually fully grokked what you've been trying to tell us when you've been describing inline blocks and blocks, block level and inline as all three separate things. It hasn't, it didn't stick. They were just words before. I I mean, I I sort of understood, but I didn't get it until I did it in this example. So I didn't ever want to tell you, I couldn't remember which one was which. Well, the fact that you knew there were two meant that whenever you actually bumped into a need, you'd figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I felt a little better because I asked Dorothy on the on the elliptical. I said, which one's which? She goes, I have no idea. I can't remember either. <laughs> I just change them around and when they look right, I stop changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of programming yeah. is like that, right? If you know what there is in the manual for you to go find, well, then that's all you need to remember. The manual will help you out the rest of the way. Right, right. I'm not sure either one of us had ever actually done it, though. We'd only read about it. We hadn't actually done it, so... Unless yeah. you're going to tell me, well, in PPS 13. <laughs> I'm sure there was an example in there, mm. but it was probably more contrived. In this case, it, you know, it stuck because you had an actual thing you were trying to achieve. Because like, I don't want this to be so big. This is taking up space. This is not effective. This is not what I want. How do I make it be what I want? And now it's stuck. Yeah. Because you had a problem to be solved. You found the solution. And the act of looking for the answer means it's now welded in there much better than it would be otherwise. Right, right. I think so. Yeah, excellent. It, okay. it, actually, the whole concept might have predated when you started giving us homework. That is also possible because I don't remember when we started that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so keeping going. So keeping going, yeah. So the first thing was then basically find something and make it be one instead of the other. So you, you did it on the big warning about not catching fire, which is... My recipe doesn't have one of those. Um, <laughs> strangely enough, roast... Uh, cucumber doesn't tend to catch fire unless you're doing it very, very, very wrong. Um, well, I guess someone could. Um, so I did a very similar thing on my did you know, because for exactly the same reason, my did you know had this giant big header. And it's like, well, it's supposed to be short and pithy. Did you know a cucumber is a member of the nightshade family? Uh, so I basically put my header into inline and inline the paragraph after it. So now my did you know box takes up much less space. So it's extremely similar to what you did, just styled to look a little differently. Right. So the second part of the homework then was um, we learned about this thing called a sticky top, which is a new type of positioning that we got with CSS3, where something is in its normal place on the page as long as it's visible in the viewport. And then as soon as you scroll past it, it sticks to the top of the screen. And so effectively, it's like the thing is where it normally is and you scroll up and then it just sort of like a magnet plunks itself onto the top of the screen and then everything scrolls underneath it. And then you can scroll back up the other way and it clips itself loose and goes back to where it came from, which is kind of useful and cool. So I think the challenge technically said to do it with the heading of the recipe, (laughs) which is the most sensible thing for most recipes. But in your case, you chose to make the don't catch fire bit follow you around. (laughs) And I kind of agree with that as (laughs) as a decision. Right, so right. I would say that's a very good use of a sticky top. The other thing I figured out in doing that, and and I can see you did it too, is to make there be a background on the on that thing that's the sticky top. Otherwise, you can see stuff underneath it, and it looks kind of messy. Yes, because the sticky top will be transparent if you don't give it a background. Right, right. and like yeah, like you, I ran into that. Was like, ooh, that's ugly. BG dash white <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, the next part then um, was to do something to prove that you can control the width of things. 
and to make something float. So what I did was I took my table of ingredients, made it 25% wide with W-25, and then stuck it to the right-hand side of the screen with float-right. And looking at your homework, that's exactly what you did. (laughs) That looks 25% to me, and that is definitely the right. You know, I like the way yours looks better. It doesn't look like you have a separate column for the amount of ingredients. Yeah, I decided not to. It looks terrible. It looks terrible in mine. So it's like, well, plus mine is funny because they all say some, like some popcorn. (laughs) And then under the definitions I put, some is how much you want. (laughs) Well, I, that's the reason I don't bake is because some is my, is my opinion on many things in recipes. How much (laughs) cumin? Enough? Some. (laughs) Enough. Not Not too too much. Not too much. (laughs) To taste is the euphemism I like to use. Yeah, cayenne pepper and cinnamon to taste. Well, what if I don't like it? Well, I'll put in less next time or more, depending on why you didn't like it. You get to know these things. But yeah, to me, cooking should be an artistic expression. So I'm not a huge fan of measuring. Uh, so that's the next part. Uh, then the next thing was to play around with good old fashioned flex boxes. Um, and these are great fun uh, because they're a, a new addition in CSS3 to allow us to lay out little grids of things. And so in this case, I asked you to lay out the utensils or the, the tools needed to make the recipe and to start with a list, so a UL, and then one item in the list for each thingamabob that's needed, and then to lay them out as a nice flex box. Uh, you used emoji. I very soon discovered there were no emoji available to do what I wanted, so I went off and I used glyph icons instead. Uh, but anyway, the point being, some sort of graphic. I went um, and looked for what? What is the third thing? Uh, uh, you taught us about it, and I found it. Not not glyph icons. Well, glyph not emoji. icons is what I taught you about. So Font Awesome is one of the Glyph Icon Font Awesome. Oh, okay. Font Awesome is Glyph Icon. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't find the stuff I needed in any of them. Like there's yeah, no pot had... in Glyph Icons. And I needed yeah, a Yeah, there's pot. no... Yeah. I was... I... Yeah. I went with a filing box, technically speaking, as my oven-proof dish. <laughs> technically, it's, an, it's a banker's archive box, but close <laughs> enough. And my chopping board is a clipboard. But close, close enough. enough to illustrate the point. And I, could, I couldn't get a knife on its own, so my knife has a fork. My spoon is correct. That is literally the only thing that is correct. A spoon. <laughs> I was kind of surprised how limited it was. I see why people go nuts about wanting more of these. In mine... Well, uh, the, pro, it, the pro version has literally thousands of icons. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I needed a... I thought it'd be funny to put in a fire to cook the popcorn and then a fire extinguisher. But the fire extinguisher emoji will not be available till late 2018, but the code is already there. So if we keep going long enough on this uh, particular assignment, I will eventually... A fire extinguisher shall appear. I like that. So (laughs) you have a forward, a future-proofed assignment homework, basically. Right, right. It's not currently correct, but it will be. It will be, yeah. It's going to get better with age, like a fine wine. (laughs) It made me laugh anyway. In real, well, not in real, in in raw CSS, where you're doing all the work yourself, flex flex boxes are a bit annoying because you have to apply the, you have to apply stuff to the flex container and then also apply styles to each of the flex items. And one of the things that's so nice about uh, Bootstrap is that it automatically takes care of the flex items for you. So really, to turn your list into a very basic flex box, you just need to say d-flex, d-row, and or sorry, d-flex, flex-row, and then you have your row. Um, but because we're using list icons and because we haven't yet learned what I'm going to teach you in about half an hour, um, we need to get rid of the uh, little period symbols at each of the list items. And so the we bullets. hacked our yeah. way around that by saying d-block on the list items. Uh, and then it was just a case of justify content around on the flex container to lay it out the way I wanted. And I threw a text minus center on the UL as well, just to, to, cause I went with a separate line for the icon and the text. So I figured I should center those. So I noticed though, I, I messed around a lot with the justify mm. content stuff and I changed it to all the different options, trying to see what they meant. And you said that justify content around would leave the same amount of space on the left and the right and in between. But when Mm. I did it, there was a much bigger gap on the left than on the right. 
Yes, and that would be because we are bastardizing a listite or a an UL which has a gap on the left. Oh, because of where the bullet isn't. <laughs> where the bullet? Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So if so we'd I- used a plain div, that wouldn't have happened. And so the way around that is to expressly set either a margin or a padding, and I can't remember which. It's <laughs> one, one of those two. The other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which we worked through in pre-show. Um, yeah, and you and- taught me an interesting way to check up uh, to see what you were really doing. Yeah, so to- the the correct thing to do is to open the developer tools and use the little inspector icon to highlight where all the paddings and margins and stuff are. That's the correct thing to do. What I do an awful, awful, awful lot of the time is I just type, since Bootstrap is so short, I just put a border around whatever I want to see where it is, just by typing class equals border. <laughs> That's just sometimes less effort than actually going and, you know, opening the dev tools. But the right answer is the dev tools. I just put borders on things when I'm trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, well, in this case, I'm actually looking at it in Code Runner, so I would have to open it up in a different tool to do it the right way. I think I like your, I like your border idea. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I know that I should be using debuggers whenever I'm running JavaScript. But you know something, the odd console.log, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be honest, I do that from time (laughs) to time. And every now and then what does happen is a production app ends up with a whole bunch of useless bleep sitting in the log file. (laughs) Because I've left one console.log littered behind me. Oh, that's funny. But, you know, control F for, or a command F for console.l. That usually does the trick. So, oh, there you are. Delete. <laughs> I like your little confessions. This is fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, do as I do as I say, not as I do. It's generally a good rule. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing I think I asked you to do was the open-ended, anything else you'd like to make it better, um, which in your case was a, a, a cool emoji up on the title and a few other bits and bobs. So, not an emoji. <laughs> not an emoji, the other one. Emoji. Uh, emoji, yeah. The <laughs> unanimated version. So my entire solution is sitting in this installment zip file as PBS fifty four challenge solution, um, and really the the only thing I hope people got out of it was just practice using the various classes and playing around with them and experimenting with them, and particularly the flexbox because that one takes a bit of. Even though flexboxes are easier in Bootstrap, they're still not the most intuitive thing on planet Earth. Yeah, but like you say, experimenting with it, you you just you figure out okay, there's a bunch of little handles. Let me turn them until I get it to look the way I want it to. And I, I yeah. liked it. I I enjoyed doing this assignment. It was really fun. Excellent. I used. So, I, I got to be honest. Some of the homeworks I've procrastinated till the end to work on it, and this one it's the other way around. I savored it. I was like, no, I'm just going to play with it for a while. Well, good. I mean, the bootstrap stuff is fun because it's so visual, and yeah. I think you're a very yeah. visual person. Instant uh, gratification, basically. Very, yeah. It's very WYSIWYG, right? I type this here, especially in Code Runner, where as yeah, soon as I finish typing, like, bing. Yeah. <laughs> you also see it all go to crap when you do it wrong very quickly. But you spot your typos an awful lot quicker. You should do definitely, especially the the, the one that always gets me, of course, is text center, because over here it's or e. Oh, but you but have to CSS, spell it properly no in like CSS. That. Yeah, I have to spell it your way. And Tim Berners-Lee was a Brit. What? Why is it, why is it not our way? Why aren't you guys all doing it our way? Anyway, uh, so last installment, as we were playing around with new Bootstrap stuff, we, I created a little playground, which is basically an empty HTML page with a whole, or not an empty, an HTML page with a whole bunch of HTML in it and empty class attributes littered all over the place so that we can plug in the various Bootstrap classes as we go. So I've done the a similar but slightly different playground for us today. So that is in the zip file as pbs55a.html. There is an interactive version sitting over on bootply or bootply, and the code is sitting there in the show notes if you want to copy and paste it out. So lots of options for getting that little playground. Great. Um, it's basically the, the, very, very similar to last time. We're talking about uh, a heading, a little paragraph of text, um a poem in a block quote, um, uh, another heading, a list, and then a footer. So Okay. You know, nothing the only problem with you doing this for us is I, I know what's going to happen the first time I try to do this on my own. I'm going to go, where do I type the words where they turn green? Because <laughs> you've been writing <laughs> class equals quote quote for us, and I've never typed that yet. <laughs> oh, that's true. I'm being too generous. 
No, no, that's fine. I'm just copying and pasting it everywhere because, uh, you know, while we're doing it live, I sort of want to be able to just pop it in. Yeah, yeah. So let's get stuck in. So the, everything we're going to learn about today is how Bootstrap makes normal standard HTML tags a little bit nicer. So let's start with paragraphs and headings. Actually, we should also say, so if you go to the Bootstrap documentation, so if you go to getbootstrap.com, yes. I think we should do this every time. So if we now go to documentation, uh-huh. in the sidebar, we are going to content. All right. We're going to learn about today, reboot first. Well, okay, so there's lots of stuff in here that is describing how they thought about writing their CSS, so reboot oh, and approach okay. and all that kind of stuff. Everything we're doing today comes under the very confusing heading typography. Okay. Uh, and again, you have stuff to scroll by, but basically if you scroll enough, you get to headings, paragraphs, and all that ah, kind of stuff. So okay. in this case, the documentation isn't laid out in the way that makes sense to me. If I wanted to go look at what I do for a paragraph or a block quote... I don't know if I'd find this straight away if I hadn't once spent a lot of time looking for it and then sort of made a mental note that. I mean, like having they, it under typography? Yeah. Well, I guess it and is I'm sure typography, I'll it again. though, right? It's bigger titles and smaller titles? Yeah, but that to me is like a heading I would have used under the utilities section. Hmm. Anyway, we, we won't argue with them. The point <laughs> is, everything we're doing today is there in the documentation. Okay. That's where it's all hidden. Okay. Um, which I think is important because I do want, you know, I think at this stage we, we know enough programming to start making more use of the good old-fashioned documentation because that's that's what real programmers do. They don't learn stuff. They just learn what stuff exists and where to go look it up. And then they go right. look it up. That's that's what we do. So let's start with headings and heading-like things. So first off, you don't actually have to do anything special in Bootstrap to make your headings work. They just work, right? H1 to H6 just works. Um, but that, that's HTML doing that, right? It's well, yeah, but well, it's HTML. Specific. Well, no, Bootstrap has changed the styles, right? Because if you, you your headings in it oh, have a right. nice slender, um, sans serif font. So I mean, it has right, messed right. around I'm with sorry, them. I forgot about that. Yeah. If you read the uh, approach and all the kind of generic stuff that I sort of told you to scroll past, they explain that by default HTML puts margins top and bottom, but in Bootstrap world, uh, all the margins are at either the bottom or the top, I can't remember where they put them, but basically they, hmm. they, they have a, a, they call it an opinionated style choice. <laughs> In other words, we argued a lot about this one. <laughs> we argued a lot about this one, and you don't need to bother arguing with us because we've come to a firm opinion and we're done now. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great description. And it also means that we know this is controversial because we've mm-hmm. had to make a choice. Right. But they have, and they've made a consistent choice, which is why working in Bootstrap is so nice. Uh-huh. Because all of these bootstrap classes that we learn about in all four legs of the stool, they're all designed to work with each other. And there's a unifying philosophy tying them all together. So the decisions they've made, they've stuck to their guns and they've been extremely consistent. Mm. And raw HTML actually hasn't achieved that because it came in five bursts. And that, you know, the tides had changed between HTML1 and HTML5. And they're not as consistent as we might like them to be. But anyway, that's how they hear it there. So headings themselves are easy enough. They're just your H tags. But there are things that behave like headings or that you may want to display as a heading that are not, strictly speaking, an H1 to an H6. The two most common examples would be the T, the TH tag. There's a typo. And that says TD in the show notes, which is table data. TH for a table heading cell is a header of sorts. So maybe in some situations, you may actually want that to be displayed as if it was an H3 or something. Or another one is if you use definition list, then you have your TT tag. So what if you... So your DT, your definition title. So if you want to make those look like a H3, how do you do that? Well, the great news is that Bootstrap has provided six of the best-named CSS classes you've ever come across. The class H1 makes something look like an H1 tag. The class H2 makes something look like an H2 tag. The class H3, you get the idea. Right. The other place this comes in is if you mark things up semantically. So if you use stuff like the section tag, the aside tag, the footer tag, the header tag, if you break your page into sections, you should use an H1 tag at the top level within each section. Wait, what's a, you, what's a section for? Well, imagine the page on podfeed.com that shows the last 10 episodes of the Nasilla cast. 
Mm-hmm. Each episode will have a section tag wrapped around it if you do a view source. Um. Or it well okay hmm. a very well, valid correct. I use more more tags to make them sure. No no oh no okay no no the more mm-hmm. tag is not a real tag that's a that's a that's a WordPress thing so it, it I'm not talking about what you write I'm talking about what WordPress produces right. Okay. Remember WordPress oh, is doing okay. half the lifting. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more than half. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes Thank to writing you. HTML tags, yes, it's doing an awful lot of lifting. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you, you have choices in HTML of how you break up your document. You can use section tags. You can use article tags either on a blog, but either way, it doesn't actually matter. Uh, if you're marking up semantically, the, the heading within your section or your article should be an H1. But you actually may not want it to look the same as the H1 at the top of the page, because that would be highly confusing if the title of every podcast episode was the same size as the title at the top of the page that said Nozillacast. So although they're okay. both H1s, you may not want them to display as H1s, but they should be marked up as H1s for semantic reasons and for screen readers to understand and for SEO, that good old friend, search engine optimization. So the easy thing to do is you mark them up the way they should be marked up to say what they are, and then you display them the way you want them displayed by applying the appropriate style tags. So you can say open section H1 and then just say class equals H3. Okay. So And then it will display as an H3. I'm still a little confused on what what a section would do to a web page created with Bootstrap with no WordPress anywhere near it. Would Nothing it, visually. A section tag like a div tag is just a tag for saying what something is. It doesn't have any oh, okay. visual effect. Okay. It's a conceptual thing. Yes. So semantic, right? Semantic means what it is. Okay. So semantic markup means I'm saying what something is. I'm not saying how it should look. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Um, and the more semantically correct your web page is, the easier a time search engines have, which is useful but also the easier a time screen readers have, which in my mind is more important because I'm not an SEO hog. I don't care about the, I don't <laughs> care about the search engines really, but I do care that screen readers give the best possible experience and you're really giving screen readers a helping hand by using the right tag for the right thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, the SEO thing I always laugh about, I named my show NoSilicast so that no one could find it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> So, as I say, you have those H tags, which are very convenient. So, you write your HTML so that it says what something is, and then you can use these tags to make it look the way you want it to look. And that that can be actually very useful. The other thing that Bootpress... Bootpress? There's an interesting (laughs) one. Uh, Word... Not Wordpress, the other one. Bootstrap. Bootstrap. (laughs) This is how people can tell I don't edit. (laughs) True. Um... the other thing it's provided is what Bootstrap Speak calls display headings. There's four of mm. them, display-1 to display-4. And these are like Uber headings. Now, I don't know why you'd want to go as far as display-4 most of the time. But anyway, you're allowed to go that far. And so these are the kind of ones you would actually use for the very, very top of the page. You would say you're a display-1. And the display headings are sort of like newspaper you know the way a newspaper has many headlines on the front page but one of those headlines is different to the others and then yeah. you know, so on a broadsheet newspaper you might have you know your screaming headline your big headlines and then littler headlines on smaller articles you don't care about they will be your display headings so display hmm. one for the screaming headline display two for the less screamy one <laughs> the less screamy one D- does um does display dash one, for example, what if you put that on an H four? What would yeah, display as an it will right. If you put a display one, it will behave like a display one, no matter what tag it is, which means it will be a gigantic, big, screamy headline. Huh? A display one still, is always a display you, one. You, you still have to give it the H tag, though. Well, you okay, but the H tag? No, you could put it on a paragraph. You could put it on oh. anything. Oh, okay. Right, you're saying take this thing. So again, you write your HTML to say what stuff is, and you write your Bootstrap to say how it should look. Okay, okay. So Sorry, you I don't. Ju- I just did it to, to one of your paragraphs, and it looks. Yeah, really you can funny. do it to anything. It it it, it will <laughs> yeah. work. I mean, in the case of the default theme of Bootstrap, what you get is a slender, tall sponsor of font, which is actually very fashionable and very eye-catching. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty uh, quite elegant. I, I see the the display dash four is. Have you ever seen a an article where there's maybe a little excerpt pulled out 
uh, like it would be in a, maybe done with an aside, uh, but uh, you, the, par- it's, park that thought about four paragraphs. Okay, well, I, I just getting... did it to a to a paragraph, and it it jumped out like the like the they do in magazines and newspapers. Yes, but what they do in magazine news and newspapers is called a lead paragraph, and Bootstrap has you covered there too. Hmm. Okay. Well, this could. But be we get to that in a moment. In the middle, there's there's, there's, there's there's a there's a there's another little bow to the this, to the headings string to the headings bow. Anyway, Bootstrap does another cool thing. Um, okay. <laughs> so anywhere within any heading, whether it's uh, a nor- any old tag with an H class, an actual H tag or anything with a display tag, so display dash one to four, they all behave like headings in Bootstrap. And if you want to have a subhead, sort of like a, you know, like a book these days, so you have to have like a title and then another title. Yeah. Um, all of the Bootstrap stuff is designed for you to use the small tag for around the bit that you want to be like the, the, the secondary part of the heading. Okay. So huh. in the case of our playground page, I said Patrick Kavanagh, Irish poet. So you put so the, the small, small tag inside the H1. So yes. it's part of that. You've got the text, uh, Patrick Kavanaugh, then you've got small class, and then outside of both of those is the H1 tag. Yes. And that is the way oh. Bootstrap is designed to do the subheads using the small tag. And they recommend in the docs that you should give strong consideration to using text dash muted for the, for the subhead because that will give a nice effect. Hmm. And so what I what I would suggest you do to see this in action is give that, that heading there, Patrick Kavanagh, give that a display dash one and then give the small tag inside it a text dash muted and then you have what I think is a very pleasing outcome. Hmm. Display dash one, it got real big. Yeah, oh yeah, the display headings are, the right, the display dash one is designed to be eye-catching if you go on a modern website with you know the sort of the minimalistic design that's in fashion these days your 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 one main heading tends to be large hmm. a little too screamy for my taste yeah i get it you know it's entirely up to you yeah what you do that's the, these are the tools right right but again that use of the small tag is very much the way bootstrap docs tell you that they expect people to do little subheads so small is just smaller than whatever the display is on the other thing. Yes. The, or the rest of it. Yes. So, the, it, yeah, that's what the small tag, but by default in HTML, the small tag just, in my mind, I read small as smaller. Yeah. Is it 10%? 20%? It, it looks just a... Uh, I believe it's... So, you know the way we have... There's the CSS... If you, you can give a CSS font size of smaller... Yeah. And that jump is determined Probably somehow, by EMs or some nonsense. Yeah. It looks like well, it's the about small the tag the... behaves like smaller in CSS. Okay. It looks like the capital letters in the small part are about the height or a little bit more than the lowercase letters in the regular heading. They do seem to be about in that proportion, don't they? Give yeah, or take. Ish. Okay. Ish. Yeah. Anyway, the small tag will be smaller. <laughs> okay. So another thing that's very common is, as you described, the concept of a lead paragraph. The first paragraph of an article generally encapsulates the really important stuff as a, a service as a sort of a summary, and it's generally typeset a little bit bigger, maybe with the letter space a little bit further apart. It's generally typeset in some way that makes it stand out a bit on a newspaper. And the newspaper world speak for that is it's the lead paragraph of the story. Hmm. And so Bootstrap provides a class for that. Class equals lead. Hmm. So if you pop class equals lead on the first paragraph in the demo page, so Patrick Kavanagh is the most famous poet to come from the Irish county of Monaghan, then you'll see that what you get is a font that's a little bit more open than the default text font in the paragraph below it, a little bit bigger. It's a lead paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a lot bigger. No. In this case, because the next paragraph is so small, it's not as obvious. But if you had a page of text, it would actually... A sea, yeah, if there was a sea of more. text there, it would pop out better. Yeah. yeah. I guess I could have done a Laura Mispum, but I'd like to avoid those. <laughs> I'm just going to drop in a repeat of a of it a couple times so you see, it looks different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. see what you're saying. It is very open. That that That's one of my favorite font looks. I use Century Gothic as my favorite font, and it's very much like that. Yeah, I, I like an open, open font. An, an open, open sans serif. 
Yeah. Yeah. Open thin sown serif. That that's my taste. And roundy. I like I like fonts. <laughs> Rather than having overly O's, I like my O's to be quite round. <laughs> I like roundy things. Yeah, anyway. Um <laughs> so the next tag we're going to look at is the block quotes tag for doing quotations. And block quote is the first time we're going to meet a one of those opinions that Bootstrap is quite consistent about. So if you just put a block quote into your page, Bootstrap will do very little with it. It will mm. so Bootstrap defaults your text to being sans serif, and so that will carry through into the block quote. But it won't do anything more strongly opinionated than that. If you would like Bootstrap to have any opinion at all about your block quote, you have to give it the class block quote. Hmm. And this is a pattern you're going to see again and again with tables and forms and buttons and images and quite a few other things. So they're going to say table class equals table? Yes, they are. Huh. And if you you want Bootstrap to be hands-off, you don't put in the class equals. Okay. So that's the sort of the decision they made. They basically said, we won't force our opinion on you when it comes to these tags. If you want our opinion, then you explicitly ask for it by giving it the class block quote. Now, what this also means is you could have a div and you could give it the class block quote and it will then behave like a block quote. In the same way that the H1 tag makes anything behave like an H1. Hmm. So you could have say, a footer that behaves like a block quote if you had a quotation as a footer. I guess you could. I mean, it might conceivably come up, right? Or maybe a section that behaves like something else. I'm a little confused because I just put in block quote and it just seemed to make it bigger. It didn't make it look... Like uh, that is its opinion. A background or an right. italics or it it does right. not look like a quote to me at all. Right, because the utility classes are there for you to decide if you want to be more opinionated. If you put that mm-hmm. into a large blob of text, it is different enough that it will stand out. Like in a book, when they quote someone, they don't make like if you're reading a novel and there's a quotation paragraph, it doesn't. The typography is different a little bit, but it's not bordered and italic and stuff like. So this is subtle. And you make it less subtle by using the utility classes to your heart's content. Hmm. Okay. So, and depending on what you want, you may really want to draw attention to the quotation because the quotation might be, buy this product, it's excellent, says famous person. <laughs> right? Or it might just be something very subtle that you want to fade in. So it, 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 it's up to you, basically. What is extremely useful that they also provide you is a really nice class for attributing the quote to an author. And what they ask you to do is if you want the bootstrap opinionated attribution, you use the footer tag, which is semantically very appropriate, and you give it the class block quote dash footer. And then you will see nice stuff. So if you give the footer inside the um, block quote there, so just as Patrick Kavanagh, if you give that the class block quote minus footer, then we're in business. Then we have a nice attribution. I've never heard of the HTML element footer before. Never seen it. It hasn't caught your eye, but you definitely mm. have seen it because I've used it a lot. There's also mm. the matching header. Um, there well, is we an talk a lot about headers. Yes. Heading uh, so header section. Two? No, no, no. Header. H-E-A-D-E-R. Okay. So we talked about the fact that the page... So remember way, way, way back to the first time we mentioned HTML5 when we talked about the concept of semantic markup. You have the main tag for specifying this is the main bit of the page. And then you have the nav tag for specifying this is a navigation section. And you have the header tag for specifying this is a page header. I think, the it's, the head, I think it's the head tag, not header. No, the head tag is the invisible metadata. Okay. So the head tag is not visible on the page, right? The head tag contains your title... Links okay. into your CSS. Oh, okay. Okay. So inside the body, if you're using semantic markup and HTML5 and you're trying to help screen readers, then you will wrap... Let's, let's use as an example a blog because that's a good example we're all familiar with. So the actual bit of the page that contains either the list of posts in the category or the text of the post you've clicked into, that chunk of the page 
in an ideal world, if you're following HTML5 semantic markup, will be inside a tag main, which means a screen reader knows to jump straight there, the SEO knows to jump straight there, and Safari's reader view knows to jump straight there. Hmm. Because you're saying this is the main content of the page. There is also an HTML5 tag named header, H-E-A-D-E-R, and that tag should enclose all of the fluff at the top of the page, which will probably have an H tag of some sort in it. It will probably also have a bunch of links and a bunch of other bits and bobs, but all of that stuff that happens before the blog post starts should, in theory, be inside the header tag. Then you'll probably have a sidebar, which contains a whole bunch of stuff. That should be inside the nav tag, so that, again, a screen reader knows... That's okay, not not to read all that glop out. Okay. Exactly. And okay. then at the bottom of your page, you probably have some copyright information and a bunch of other glop, and that should be in the footer tag, which again so I- tells SEO or a screen reader or Apple's reader view. This isn't to be included as the last paragraph of the article. This is not the article. The article's in the main tag. This is a footer. So when I said I'd never seen it, I have seen it in my WordPress blog, but in in the context the of learning source. HTML, I don't believe we've uh, we've talked about the footer before. That's what that's we. All I promise you, we did an entire episode on the semantic mark of HTML five, but it's a long time ago. If I were to hazard mm-hmm. a guess, I would say installment five or six, like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, long, long, long. I definitely don't remember talking about it. But okay, so we put in. Footer class equals block quote dot dash footer. Why does it call it block quote? What's it got to do with block quote? Because this this will only work inside a block quote. Oh, wait a minute. Right. This is a footer for mm. a block quote, right? Or it's designed to work inside. Okay. It so is, this is a footer inside of a block quote, so it's not at all yes. the kind of footer we were just talking about that you described. No, it's exactly. Okay. No, no. Okay. So <laughs> those tags can be nested, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a section tag, which is a way of breaking up a page, a section can have a header and a footer and a main. Actually, a head, no, okay, pretend I didn't say main. There's only one main supposed to be used in an entire page, but all the other tags are free to be used as often as you want. So if you break your page into multiple sections, each section can have a header and a footer, which if you think about a list of blog posts, you're going to have the title of the blog post, some metadata, then the little snippet, and then the share links, header, some content, footer, inside a section. And then the next post down as you scroll through the list has a header, some content, and a footer. So if you put a footer inside of a block quote, and won't that now mean that uh, screen readers will skip over it and... and No, uh, it and, means... And the, no, no, Safari readers, reader, the Safari reader view won't look at it? You just said no, footers wouldn't be... No, 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 so... The Safari reader, the screen reader, they are aware of the fact that you are nested in a, in, a, in a nested document. So they will interpret the footer as being, I am the footer of the block quote, not I am the footer of the page. Okay. So the, the footer sitting at the very, very top level is different to a footer nested inside something else. And so Interesting. Okay. all of these things are aware of the fact that HTML is nested. So they, the meaning changes depending on whether okay. you're you know, a leaf on the tree or the root of the... You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so th- yeah. That's very interesting. I didn't know they could do that. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, all, I all, ultimately, yeah. So, and I mean, that is... So, the same tags have different meanings if you use them in different places. That That's the beauty of the semantic markup. So, the nesting matters. Matters a lot. So, in this case, we're saying that this is the footer of the block quote. Hmm. Which it is. Right? Okay. And so, we have a heading tag, some paragraph tags... And we have an aside tag in there too. Um, and then we have a footer to say who it's by. And you'll notice that it puts in the nice extra long dash, which is command shift and, is it, yes, I think, no, option shift and the minus sign if you want to type that yourself. But why not let Bootstrap do it for you by just giving it that class? Much easier. That's kind of cool. By the way, I think um, Mac OS, to my consternation, when you put two dashes, puts uh makes it one of the long dashes that is a feature that you will find in the keyboard section which is turned off on all of my macs <laughs> i was gonna say i forget what it was i was trying to do i needed two dashes oh it was in um it was in an rsync command in the terminal and it was like stop yeah. drive me crazy and the other one is open bracket or close bracket or open bracket c close bracket suddenly 
transmogrifies into a bloody copyright sign or a trademark sign. All of that's turned off. So if you go system preferences, um, I think it's under keyboard. Keyboard, probably. And then it's the shortcuts tab. No, not the shortcuts. No, it's not. A, no, text. Sorry, text. Is the no tab. one knows, Bart. Everyone goes through both of them. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So into keyboard, onto the text tab. And then you have um, correct spelling automatically, which I do leave on. But you have all of those replacements. You see the table of replacements? And I just yeah. select all and hit the minus sign. And then they all go away. All of the ones I have in there are ones that I have created. They're not, uh, none of them are this dash dash nonsense. Uh, there's also use smarts quotes and dashes as a checkbox, which is unticked for me. So that might be causing the hitting dash dash, causing the. That is the exactly what dash. that is. So smart quotes is. Oh, where no, I don't have that checked either. I don't know where then it's, coming it's from. Then it's some of your snippets and text expander. Oh, man, we got a lot of controls to go through to find this one, but probably not fascinating for the audience. No, but anyway, so yes. But a lot of people's yeah. Macs will have that on by default, right? Because by default, there's a bunch of stuff in there that is turned on by default, including the copyright one, the trademark one, the dashes, smart quotes. They're all on by default on a Mac. So a lot of people may be swearing at that. Hmm. I hate smart quotes. I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> I want my straight-up quotes without any sort of sideways slant. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so that's all there is to quotations, really. So class equals block quote and then block quote footer, which is very pretty. Uh, lists then. So we had to do that horrible hack with D dash block to make our lists behave the way we wanted to. And I told you last week that was because we hadn't learned what we're going to learn now. So let's jump on to what we're going to learn now. So as well as just working. So if you just have a list in Bootstrap, it will work in a sane way. It's nicely laid out and stuff. But you do also have two additional very useful classes at your disposal. They are list-unstyled, which means take the bullet away. Hmm. So if you want to remove all the bullets, you just go ul class equals list-unstyled, and away goes the bullet. And what's particularly useful is that it only happens one level down with Bootstrap. So you're not taking away all the bullets on nested lists. Oh. And the reason that's great is because most sidebars are one giant big list for each imaginary block. You know the way they tend to look like little bricks? Each of those bricks is probably an LI, which is unstyled. But then you might have a list of links, which you do want the bullets on. So by having it done on a per-level basis is actually what you want, and that's what Bootstrap does. I'm not sure either. I didn't understand or it doesn't work the way you think it does. So at the bottom of your page, you've got your um, your three links to bbushots, bartb.ie and Yes, that, that one is there. That one. Okay, yeah. And so I did, I changed the class to list dash unstyled and the bullets disappeared next to the three. And then Very I made a, a sub bullet underneath the first at bbushots for Twitter and it does not also does not have a uh, Did you make bullet. a whole new UL tag, though? Oh, you just said nested lists. Right, so a nested list means you start... So you, so inside the LI, you would say UL, and then you put another oh, LI inside. Oh, you have inside. to put another UL? Yeah, otherwise okay. it isn't a nested list. Otherwise it's wrong what is markup. It? Oh, it's just wrong? <laughs> it's just wrong, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, that's a way to go. It's Fine. An orphan, it's a poor orphaned list item, Allison. With no parent. Poor thing. Okay, let's see if he's right. Yes, he's correct. So it gets the little circle instead of the, the regular bullet. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm glad I asked again because I would have said he's wrong later. <laughs> and then I would have you know had, yeah. By the way, you, you did teach us something. I'm going to pull back from the Wayback Machine. You taught us to make bullets, I swear, like invisible or something. You can do this with raw CSS, right? Bootstrap is doing nothing oh, you can't do oh, with I'm raw sorry. CSS. Okay. Right? They're okay, just writing the CSS good. for you. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Yeah, and I like people who do things for me. It's well, it, one of the things that's nice about this is I find that a lot of times I, I'm just, I'm right in the middle of writing something and I want to do one thing to one thing. I just want to fix this thing and I'm like, ah, oh, now I have to launch my, my uh, uh, FTP client and I have to go get my style.css and I need to open it up and I need to scroll around and you got to find a place to do it. And blah, 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 you know, it's tight. And so a lot of times I go, ah, screw it. Leave it looking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So, 
Last time we did a list as a flex box, we had to put all of this display D dash block stuff. So let's let's now do it the right way. So let's take that list at the bottom of the playground that has those three links to Twitter, my website, and my Flickr. And let's now do it properly. So on the UL, we say D dash flex to say we want a flex box, please. Then we say flex dash row to say we'd like the flex box horizontal, please. We then say justify dash content dash around because that's how I like them justified. That's you can leave that out if you like. And then we say list dash unstyled. And we're finished. Wow. That is pretty well, slick. I'm going yeah, to put a border on it so I can see whether it. Yep, it looks yeah. good. It looks good. Excellent. Yeah. So the next, the, the second thing we can do. So list dash unstyled removes bullets from a list. Very useful. The other thing we can do is we can tur- we can inline the list. So have the list so it's not one line per element. It's inline. And we do that with the wonderfully named class list-inline. Hang on. I don't understand. We just made them all inline. Right. We used the flexbox. Yeah. But the other thing you can do is just inline them. So it's as if oh, they were typed one after the other. not using the flexbox. Okay. Yeah, right. So not spreading them out. Just having them inline as if it was... A span tag instead of a oh, list item, right? Just okay. inline them. And so let's inline um, that same list we just made a flexbox a minute ago. So undo that and let's make it into an inline list. Uh, this is slightly more annoying. So you have to give the class list-inline to the UL itself. Mm-hmm. And then for every list item that you want to effectively collapse, you say you have to give it the style list-inline-item. So yeah. in theory, you could have some items be blocks and some items be inline. I'm trying huh. to imagine why, but you have that ability. I don't know how I could use it to do something inter- to do something useful. But anyway, the end result is if you want to have your list inlined this way instead of using a flexbox, and to be honest, in the real world, I'd use a flexbox. Uh, you do it by saying list inline and then list inline item on each of the items. Want to know an interesting side effect of that sub bullet I created? I I did the sub bullet on uh, the the list item with my mm-hmm. UL around it this time, so it's not an orphan. I did that on the first uh, the first one, the Twitter line, and the other two links lined up with the sub bullet, not the bullet of the the main bullet. Huh, just interesting. Yes, but I got rid of it. And now it looks good. Okay, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, harder. It's, sometimes it's useful to inline things. So yeah, there may be times you just want your list to just fall as if it was one line of text, and that's what that will do. And that's that's all we're going to do for today, apart from set you a wee challenge to keep you entertained. Okay, good. So our challenge, uh, the first thing I'd like you to do on your recipe, so we're going to continue to play around with our recipe. Oh, I should say, actually, so everything I've done in these examples is in PBS55B, that HTML. So you can see it all okay. together in one page. So you, you see the, the giant big display heading... And um, what else did I do? I did the list and stuff. And we have the Patrick Kavanagh nicely attributed in the block quote. We have the lead paragraph, all that stuff, all there. I like the PBS. way you do that. You're giving us both because that lets us play while you're telling it to us. As people are following along, they can bring up a 55A, mess around, get it all wrecked. And then 55B is like what you meant us to do. That's great. And what I would also say you can do then is in a tab, you can flick between A and B and see yeah. just how much... Just how much prettier a bootstrapped page is. Hmm. That's a good I mean, idea. that is quite the transformation, right? Yeah, I'm doing it now. Live. It's exciting da, 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 da. for me. That's a big shouty headline you got there. It is a big <laughs> shouty headline. That's, that's the style du jour. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, so what's our challenge? Okay. So the first thing I'd like you to do is to make a big shouty headline. You don't have to go to <laughs> you don't have to go to display dash one, right? I will perfectly settle for display dash four if you want to be a bit subtle about your shouty. Because you know how subtle and quiet heading. I am. Yes, yes, definitely, <laughs> always. So turn the page heading into a into a he- display heading. Um, if you don't already add one, add a short pithy description of the recipe directly below the page heading. Um. Add your description as an H2 with the text description and a paragraph styled as a lead paragraph. So your description should have H2 description, P, class equals lead, and then your pithy piece of text. (laughs) Then I would like you to make the H2 
vanish so that only search engines and screen readers see it by adding the utility class sr-only. Okay. So what sr-only did did we already talk about that? We talked about it the uh, the week before last or the time okay. before last. I just didn't okay. find a good excuse to use it. And now I did. So what that means is the search engine knows that the paragraph is a description, but really it's pretty obvious to human beings that this is this is the description of the heading that came just above it. So it will look right without the word description plastered all over it, but it will be right having it there so that anything that's trying to analyze the page gets the right answer and anyone trying to look at it gets a pretty answer. Best of both uh-huh. worlds, win-win. Interesting. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Had a brain fart. Yes, you absolutely told us about that. Yeah. Because I said I was going to put jokes in mine and I forgot. They, they actually, yes, because you can indeed just leave little jokes, a little, just a little, you know, a little, a little pat on the back for all, all visually impaired readers. You know, hey guys, I didn't, I didn't forget about you guys. Love you. <laughs> no, I'm going to write things like, like, the, like uh, cover up your eyes and see what this page looks like. You know, mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uh, mean. Okay. The third thing I'd like you to do is to use one of the H1 to H6 classes and style something, actually not something, specifically the heading of the ingredients table in whatever size of H you think looks best. Hmm. Okay. So just use one of those H's. Um, I think I asked you to always to have a quotation inside your recipe somewhere, so I would like you to now add a footer inside that quotation and then style it appropriately so that it, it, it you basically has that nice uh, styled footer inside the okay. quotation. Then I would like you to update that flex box of equipment, including your fire extinguisher of the future, <laughs> uh, so that it uses list-unstyled instead of our horrible d-block hack from last time. Okay, good. I like that you taught us a lame way and then taught us a funner way. That's neat. I do that. I do that a lot. It's like you got to yeah. suffer first, and then I go and hand you the easy way. And some people <laughs> respond by saying, "Oh, why didn't you give me the easy way first? And some people are like, "Oh, that's cool." Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and then point six is the classic: make any other improvements you think are appropriate. <laughs> so have fun, basically. Knock yourself out. All right, perfect. So that takes us halfway through the components. Sorry, the content part of Bootstrap. So next time we have tables to look forward to. Tables are particularly nicely done in Bootstrap. Oh, good. And we'll also have... No, no, they're great for tabular data. No, I said they look terrible. Ah, yes. You know, that is now... Right now, that is the weakest part of all of our recipes, I think. Because we literally, we made the table and then we just left it sitting there looking ugly. We let it float. The other thing... (laughs) Yeah, we floated it. But the other thing that we've left a little bit without too much TLC is the figure I asked you to insert a mm-hmm. few installments ago. So that's the other thing we're going to be coming back to is figures. And then we're also going to learn that Bootstrap does this cool thing called fluid images. Ooh. So we look at those. Ooh. Basically, you can make your image stretch or shrink depending on how much room is available in the browser. Oh, nice. Which is convenient for you know feature images and things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think... Figures, images, and tables. I think that's what's left. So anyway, uh, and then you you have in the show notes about layout classes. Yeah, so that's what we're coming to after we finish. Oh, okay. That okay. Will be, so next time we're going to finish leg two of the stool, and then the real tease, the layout, the layout stuff is the third leg we start after that, and that is. I promise you that will blow your mind. That is where Bootstrap, <laughs> like so, what we've done now is like just the, 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 the you know the little things Bootstrap does. Mm-hmm. The layout stuff is why people fall in love with Bootstrap. That's the wow, huh? That's the wow. Yeah, because we are going straight into responsive web design, and it's just going to take us typing literally three or four characters sometimes. Wow! Wow! Sounds fun. It is definitely going to be fun. So. Until then, you have your homework to do, and I guess I'll wish you some happy computing. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. This show is not supported by ads, it's supported by you. If you learn from the show, or even if you're just merely entertained by the shows, please consider supporting the show. If you go to podfeet.com, there's a big red button in the top banner that says, Support the Show. If you click it, that will reveal to you several ways to contribute. You can pledge a monthly amount using Patreon. You can use the Amazon affiliate link for your country. You can make a one-time donation using PayPal. 
Or you can record a listener review, which is an awesome way to contribute. You can always chat directly with me via Twitter at Podfeet or email me at allison at podfeet.com. You can join the conversation in Facebook by going to podfeet.com slash Facebook or on Google Plus at podfeet.com slash Google Plus. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.